0: Hello, everyone, and welcome fellow piercers and piercing enthusiasts to Real Talk, a piercing podcast from the minds of piercing professionals on the body modification industry and culture. Each episode, we will center on a common theme with a guest. We will cover topics including things such as piercing methods, industry topics, jewelry, and trends. I'm your host, Will Von Doom, a professional body piercer and proud member of the Association of Professional Piercers. So let's get straight to the point and dive into this week's topic. Welcome back, everyone. In this week's episode, we decide to talk about a topic that many people in our industry consider taboo to discuss in the open. What we are talking about today is wages. This topic is something that is usually discussed behind closed doors with very close friends. We do this as not to embarrass ourselves or to not seem braggadocious if we are making more than average. Our industry is growing faster than ever and becoming more and more legitimized. However, If this is occurring, why have wages seemed to mostly stay stagnant and not grown with the industry? We sit down for a roundtable with three different guests, each presenting their own unique view on the topic. Jake Hardman of Drift Studios presents the view of a small business owner with only two employees, recently opening after years of working for other people. Colin O joins us again to give a viewpoint of settling down after years of guesting and networking for a business that appreciates their employees. Lastly, Oscar Sandoval, an industry veteran of 20 years with a history of working for many different shops across the country. So without further ado, listen in as we talk about knowing your value as an employee, what hard decisions we face as a workforce, and dispelling the smokescreen surrounding this topic. I'm going to have my guests today introduce themselves one by one so that you can get an idea of the table of guests that we have. Uh, So first and foremost, why don't you go ahead and start this off, Colin?
1: All right. Uh, I'm Colin O. It's my second time on the podcast. Uh, I work at Laughing Buddha in Seattle, Washington. I've been here for about three years. Prior to that, I did guest spots kind of all over the country. And then before that, I worked at Evolved Body Art in Columbus, Ohio, for about five years. So, okay.
0: yeah. <laughs> next, next, next person guest. Is- All right. So our next guest is uh, another guest that we've actually had on the show, and his name is Jake. So, Jake, why don't you introduce yourself as well?
2: Hi, I'm uh, I'm Jake Hardman. I'm i second time on this show as well. I uh, am from Florida. I own a studio currently in Usas, Florida, called Drift. Uh, piercing studios i've also worked in grand rapids michigan i've worked in uh, portland oregon and then a little bit of all over florida and done guest spots just about everywhere
0: all right and our last guest is actually a new person for our podcast and i'm gonna let him introduce himself as well and just explain a little bit about him himself so why don't you go ahead oscar
3: uh, thanks will uh oscar sandoval uh chicago illinois uh i've been piercing since 1997, I've kind of done a whole lot of all of it. I've owned a studio before, and I've worked for a lot of other studios. Um, I'm currently guesting right now, kind of across the country and uh, across Chicago land itself. So that's me.
0: Cool. Now, the reason why I had each one of them today is because we're going to talk about a topic that is actually fairly touchy and kind of in the shadows in our industry, and that is actually going to be wages. So, the reason why I selected each one of these guests is not because I've had them on the podcast before, or it's their first time, is actually because each one it belongs to a unique situation. So, as the podcast progresses, we're going to be able to hear each one's unique input, but I wanted to get the input from employees, and also individuals that have worked for other people. So, People may be in a good place while they work at one studio. They may have to open their own studio in order to deal with uh, not being able to make an adequate wage. And then lastly, they may also have been in the industry for way longer than a lot of folks. So it gives us a different amount of viewpoints from different people. The other big thing, elephant in the room. On this episode, we do not have anyone that currently has multiple... Employees are runs large uh, businesses that have many individual employees. So with that being said, I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate and ask some questions. I'm also making sure that it's known that eventually at some point I would like to revisit this topic so that we can actually talk about those different perspectives and possibly a defense type episode from owners that are in that situation. So before you go ahead and turn this episode off, if you are an owner because it may upset you, there is an opportunity to come back. And if you're interested in that, please reach out to me. So the two big things that I'm going to start this episode talking about plain and simple. Why is everyone in this industry so hush hush about what they make? What do you guys think?
2: I think everyone's just kind of afraid because they don't want to find out that what they're making is garbage. They don't want to find out that, Oh man, I've been probably working for this company for a couple of years and the, the same person uh, at another shop who's been piercing just as long as me is making twice as much.
3: Or somebody who has less time is making way more. You oh, know? yeah. Um, I, I mean, I had a, I had a close friend who's like, you know, his lifestyle, you know, he was like shoe collector, all that fun stuff, you know what I mean? Like, just looking at him and, like, his collection of, like, stuff, I guess, he was obviously doing far better than I was or like people who can like, you know, raise a family, <laughs> you know what I mean? Being a piercer. It's like, you know, you start getting kind of subconscious about like what you are making, like in comparison.
1: My whole thing, it's always more so that I don't want to seem braggadocious, super like weird and braggy. Yeah, totally. Because like, I mean, people know me for owning like nice shit. That alone makes me look like kind of a fucking asshole. But, like, go on to, like, just talk about, like, how much money I make. I just feel like it's, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not a fucking rapper. I don't need to do that shit. You know what I mean? So I just kind of don't. And, like, I don't know. I've also been, like, really lucky with where I've ended up.
0: Right. And I all those points are absolutely valid. I think the big thing that I want to kind of put as, like, a caveat on this is not speaking about, be like, yo, Colin how much money you make. Not not one of those kind of conversations, but within like possibly having a conversation that entails figuring out exactly what you're worth. So by d- going ahead and discussing what everyone is making is actually giving us the opportunity to figure out what median or the basic amount of what everyone else is making. Now, of course, in any sort of you know, a financial situation. When you live in bigger cities, you may go ahead and make more than other people because the cost of living is higher and things amount that nature. But I, I think it is very valid to know what the industry standards are, and I think by not talking about that is actually hurting everyone.
3: Yeah, for sure. I think by having, I think by having people who have guessed it uh, a bit, you know, like uh, I'm sure Colin will agree with me. Is like you kind of get paid relatively close to the same thing regardless right. of where you're at in the country and like you were saying it depends on where you're living you know be it a smaller market or a large city
1: that's really what's gonna make or break that that pay amount to be honest yeah that's real it's kind of the same across the board like and, and you can get the vibe too like like talking to other people that guess a little bit like necessarily come out and specify exactly how much they're making but like right. in exact terms, but you can kind of like get the vibe. Well, like, Oh, exactly. You know what I mean? So like you can kind of tell if you're selling yourself short or I, I don't know. It's just like it takes a little bit of just like right. a, a little bit of conjecture, but mostly just like paying attention to the the casual mentions, so to speak, that you'll get from other people in the industry to figure out just like, where you stand in the the spectrum of making too little or too much
3: yeah there, there's also the thing where uh where you'll ask somebody it's like hey you were just over at studio studio a <laughs> yeah you were just over at studio a you know how'd that go and like you just like kind you, you kind of read their face like you're playing a game of poker you know like if they're like oh yeah it was great this and that and whatever if they're like like sometimes like they'll be a little hesitant because like they kinda get paid pretty well they don't want you there (laughs) right with
1: with guest spots too i just want to like throw this out there for like like people on here that we're talking to that i'm talking to directly right now and then like people listening to but can like everyone just kind of universally stop lying if they made dog shit on a guest spot because like for real like I'm not going to judge you or turn around to that studio and be like, Hey, this dude says that your shop makes no fucking money and they're slow as fuck. Like it would just save everyone a fuck ton of time. If a shop is making no money, if we could just not go there because like I, there was a couple places that I guessed it. I was like, why the fuck am I even here? It's like, I made like fucking a hundred dollars in two weeks. You know, I did that at uh,
3: at one place. And like the entire time, like the, like the piercer who had me come out, he's like, he, he laughed and he's like, cause I was covering for a coworker. He like laughed and he's like, Oh yeah. He's like, well, well that's bullshit. He's like, we usually make way more than that. And like, if they hadn't paid for my flight, you know, I would have been really pissed off.
0: Yeah. There's a, and, and I've talked about this before and it's, it's one of the things the podcast is known for is I keep trying to, to basically bring a big fan over and get rid of all the smoke and mirrors that's out there because unfortunately, well, fortunately, and unfortunately a lot of our listeners are, are younger piercers that idolize people and and they go ahead and they're like yeah I'm going to start guessing I'm going to start going here I'm going to start going there and let let's be clear here if if you are going to a location there should not just be like yeah I'm going to come out all right, cool. We'll see you when you get here. Hell no, you should have everything set in stone. You should talk about if they're going to cover part of your travel. You should talk about if there's going to be a daily minimum, what your percentages are, what their averages are, and tips. What are in this that? Because we have a unique situation where we can travel and still work and not really affect our life through the amount of like money that we make. So it's just one of those things. I I think it is very important to speak about that type of stuff. And I mean, I have guessed not as, not as much as any of you guys, but anytime that I have traveled, like I usually ask like, Hey, what is, you know, what's an average week and you can't hold it against shops. If they have a bad week, we all have them, but at least it gives you a better idea of what you're getting. So that minimum guarantee is usually a pretty great thing
3: oh absolutely i'm very annoying uh when it leads up to a guest spot but like at the same time i've kind of like cultivated my list of places i'll go like a couple years ago it was just like oh i should check out over here cool i'll check out over there oh i should check out over here cool i'll check out over there and like little by little like as that as that list grew it whittled itself down at about the same rate it was like nope never again no uh so, like, I kind of keep a, 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 pretty, a pretty fairly small network of, like, uh, I'd like to call them, like, APP studios that, like, I stick to, and that's where I'm working.
0: Yeah, you live and you learn. Gotta do that at some point. Bottom line, not talking about it is, is affecting. Like, see how we just talked about guest spotting and how that's a thing that, like, needs to be brought up that not a lot of people talk about unless you talk to someone else who travels quite a bit. Talking about money, no matter what your situation, it's a personal matter you know it's in in my opinion it falls into that like you don't talk politics with people you don't talk money with people because it can affect morale and teamwork because what if you work somewhere and you find out someone's making like way more than you and they haven't been on time so i i completely understand that viewpoint but i think there should be a way for us to discuss it without it being maybe anonymously, maybe maybe something along those lines so that it's not so disparaging to a lot of people. But I, I think the thing is, is that if the industry itself starts to value itself higher, it affects all of us positively. It, it will change some things, but I think it's definitely an important thing to kind of start discussing, which is what I'm hoping will happen by talking about today.
2: As like a, a basis, I've always kind of always said that a piercer shouldn't need a roommate. Like, I agree. You're an adult. You're an adult. You should be able to pay your bills by going to work. Uh, piercers aren't like crust punk kids anymore. Oh, well, I'm sure there still are, but you know, Easy. most of us Easy. have. <laughs> most of us have, you know, a car payment or a, you know a house. You got kids to feed or dogs to feed. You know, I I can't live my life off of like a small wage i'm sorry it's just not going to work that way
0: right and that brings us to the wage conundrum there's two words that i'm going to use in this podcast and the first one i'm going to use is wage stagnation which basically means there's little or no like economic growth in our industry for the amount of money that we make and let's be real like we are selling awesome stuff now We're using gold as much as we're using titanium. We're moving bigger pieces. We're having higher ticket sales. We're getting popular via social media. Why hasn't the price of keeping employees, you know, reflected some sort of growth over the last few years?
3: I watched that happen firsthand. Um, I I worked at a studio where we convinced uh, the, the owners to start stocking more gold. You know, they had like, you know, the little... You know, three by three square. They had like you know four or five pieces of gold on it. They're like, yeah, gold doesn't sell. We convinced them to like invest in it. Right. They, they did it, and like the average ring on the sale went way up. And we saw no marked improvement in our pay at all. We were getting paid hourly there, and it was. Uh, it, you, you know, it's funny because like right before I left there, I remember walk being like, you know. They're looking for managers to work at the Seven Eleven. They get and they get paid more than I do.
2: Yeah, that's that's a that's that's really harsh to to look at when because I mean sometimes what sucks is like I've I've been in situations before where you know at the end of the week I looked at it and I was like, god damn, I'm getting paid less than minimum wage. I think that you know part of that. I've thought this shit for a hot minute.
1: Like, some of these shops that are, like, insanely high volume that, like, work the fuck out of their piercers and, like, as a result probably turn out a bunch of shitty piercings, but that's neither here nor there. They pay their fucking people, like, the most meager hourly shit ever. And it's funny as fuck because it's, like, all those dudes are, like, approaching or in their 40s and they're, like, been piercing forever, you know? Like, you'd think they're making, like, good money and they always love to... You could tell these people because they love to brag about how many fucking piercings they did in a day it's like oh man we had a kind of a slow day we did 90 piercings it's like bitch you are not driving a fucking maybox so you are not getting paid <laughs> shit like i know that shit for a fact like i would rather do what i do now i do like fucking between like 10 and 30 some odd piercings a day tops like that's like a really busy day and i make like super dope money and i work for a good person and like it's great like, you guys could have your fucking 90 piercing days. I don't fucking want that, even. I, you know, I drank the Kool Aid on that one, Colin, for sure. You know, like when
3: I first started working at a studio like that, where I was like, yeah, we're doing all this volume and it's amazing. It's awesome. I'm getting, but like at the same time, like I'm kind of like a, a total technician nerd how efficient can I make this? With, with but, but without cutting corners, you know, uh, I'm all about efficiency. I look for it like everywhere, but like, but it was fun to like see those numbers. Like they, they were like astounding to me. And then after a while I
1: was like, I was like, this is bullshit. Yeah, this is yeah, it doesn't matter. bullshit. That's the thing it doesn't matter how what big those numbers get. Cause you're not seeing any of that shit. Like instead you're just making fucking insert shop owner that we all know. Uh, you know, you're just making him a fucking millionaire.
3: You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that's the thing. And like, and like you nailed it, you know, when you first started out was like the busiest and I've, and I've seen this, the busiest studios pay the worst.
2: Oh, all the time, all the time. And I mean, I guess I can see it, you know, from a business owner's standpoint, but there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to pay them more and still come out on top. There's just no reason for it. Especially when, like, one, if you're if you're doing 50 or so piercings a day, 50 to uh, 90 piercings a day, like, I don't want to do that much work for, like, some crap hourly wage. Like, why? That's not even worth it. Like, great, you did all those pokes, but you're still going to go home. And it just makes no sense to me. And I get it. Like, it's cool to have, you know, insert shop names here on your Facebook and your Instagram. Um, And I'm sure it gets you at cool points when you show up at conference. But it's not putting any money in your pocket. It's not paying your bills, you know it's just
0: not. Yeah, industry burnout is definitely a thing. We've touched on it before. Comparing another industry to this one, which had a very similar feel as when I was funeral directing, I was salaried, so I got paid 40 hours a week. I worked on average 80 to 87 hours a week, and there was no 9 to 5. It was like 12 in the morning to 11.59 at night. You know, those were my hours. That was when I was a young funeral director, so I wasn't really making a ton. And I mean, shit, I was making like 35k a year. And the amount of overtime—if I compared that to any other job—I would be in the hundred k easy, you know. So, like each industry has their own thing. Although funeral directors did fix that, but that's a whole different subject. But I—I I just think it's really important that this is discussed. In all honesty, because I—I feel I feel that this just needs to be brought to light so that people in situations can actually think about what they're doing.
1: But like part of the. The thing with these this high volume shops paying their people like shit, blah blah blah, is the way that those studios a lot of times it seems get away with it is by giving the the people that are getting conned into working there like a sense of pride for having done this amount of piercings, like they have like this they have something to brag about,
0: yeah, brag points,
1: and then also because they. They, they do their best to cultivate this working environment where despite the fact that all of their piercers work together, they're like at each other's throats competition wise for whatever reason. It's really weird. And Oscar, you've worked in the, those, those kind of jobs before is, do you think that's valid or is that me just being a fucking crazy person?
3: No. Uh, I've, I, I mean, I've seen it firsthand. I mean, like I worked with two, what I would consider very close friends, like, uh, in one of those situations and when like the the second friend came on when it came time to like to, to figure out the schedule they they were both very adamant that they needed the weekends like i ended up not working a weekend at that shop for like over a year because like those two were just like very adamant about like splitting up the the schedule the way they they wanted it i just like took a step back and i was like you know what whatever i'll let them do whatever they're gonna do because uh because at that point like it it was kind of just the way i saw it was like there's six weekend shifts you know and that really divides by three but it also divides by two which is exactly what they went for and then one of them ended up putting themselves in the position of uh of handling the jewelry for the owners which like also gave them a a pay raise as well so like it's it's all you know exactly what you were saying you end up like shoving yourself into that position where you are in direct competition with your coworkers,
0: and with those bigger shops too. Like I, I want to make sure that I, I touch on this. There are shops out there that do take care of their employees amazingly well. I know that Colin is in a shop right now where he, he gets taken care of like very well, and it, it's one of those things that I think just needs to also be put out there. Like this is not everyone in the industry is in a terrible position. There are definitely businesses that do see the value of their employees and do take care of them. Fortunately enough, I've, I've almost always been in a position where I've, where I've been there, but there are many people that think that the bad position they're in is going to be no matter where they go, and that is definitely not the case.
2: No, yeah, absolutely not. No, no, absolutely. it's not. But, I mean, let's, if, if we're going to be frank here, what, there's maybe like seven to ten of them? That I can think of off the top, of my head, that take care of their people good, who their their employees are happy, they're paid well, they love what the you know they love what they're doing, whatnot. That's seven. Most of them are fully staffed. Like that's crazy to me. That's crazy. Oh yeah,
1: for sure. It'd be easy for this to to turn into one of those things where it just sounds like everyone's like bitching about not making enough money. I just want to be hundred percent clear. Like I work for yes. like the <laughs> raddest shop owner. And I make like super good money, and like I feel like I'm valued at my job, and like everything is great. I'm stoked about where I'm at personally. I just want to throw it out there: like I'm not complaining at all.
2: Oh no, Misty, no. You're I'm
1: not complaining at all. But uh, I, and I know that that's in the minority for sure.
2: No, so
3: should for I start sure. complaining? Just to counterpoint, you guys not complaining? I don't get it. Because <laughs> to be honest, right now, like uh, you know, like like things were. Things are really thin for me for like for a little while back, but you know everything's on an upswing right now. So like you know I'm feeling okay about everything like right. that. But like to bring back to to come back around the wheel talking about burnout, you know when, when once you hit you know like once your career gets so well, you've you've done it a few times. <laughs> You know, you, you, you've burnt out a few times. And then like, but also the counter, like what I was saying about like, you know, those busy studios that don't take care of people or like whatever, like, the, you know, there's definitely like a couple of guest spots that I'll, I'll go on where like, it's like, I felt like I sat on my phone the entire day and like, Oh, there's an appointment. Cool. I'll take care of that. Yeah. Sat on my phone for the rest of the day. Oh, there's an appointment. Cool. I'll take care of that. And then when I got my check, I'm like, that's right that's about right you know because like it felt like i did absolutely nothing all week i got paid what i what i felt was way more than fair for for the time i spent
2: Uh, i just want to touch on on something about guest spots that i don't think a lot of people uh either take into account or think about um when it comes to doing guest spots in the hopes of pursuing a possible job do not take the The pay that you're getting as the guest spot as what you will make because more than likely this has happened to me a few times i've been put on guest spots like as basic job interviews and they're like oh this is what you're gonna make and in reality they put me at the busy studio for seven days and i made you know good money and i was like all right dope and then when i actually signed on they're like oh but you're going to be working at the slow studio and that studio has a different pace pay grade and that's this and i'm like oh cool i wish you would have told me that when i was guesting
3: (laughs) (laughs) kind of like in a high five in the face huh
2: yeah
0: that's one of those things where i ah, God, old man will uh, like due diligence like really <laughs> really takes place and making sure that you have everything in writing is so important like if, if a studio looks at you weird because you're like hey can you write all that down and make sure that you know you sign it so that i have proof that's uh that's what you said the reason why i think like that is because i have been burned because of that and my wife is adamant she's like did you get that in writing i was like well no she's like well She's like, you ain't doing shit until you get that. So like, I'm very, I'm very used to uh, being an old man and just doing those types of things now, because I've learned, we all have regrets. It's the cost of a lesson learned. And you want to make sure that you remember those things and look at it. But uh, going back to what I said in regards to there are studios out there that do take care of their employees. There definitely are. And it is definitely in your best interest to search them out and see if they possibly have job openings, talk to the people that work there and see how it goes. I mean, I feel, I can't believe I'm using this. Maybe it's because I live in the South. Like I definitely feel blessed with the studios that I've worked for in the past because they're downright amazing. I harp about it all the time, but I have never worked for a better studio in my life than Dorje adornments I talk to Nick all the time now. I haven't worked there in two years. When I was working there, he, like, and, I, and I'm not trying to just brag about it, but like, he will show up with coffee in the morning. He'll be like, hey, do you want a break? Be like, hey, why don't we do this jewelry count? Or not jewelry count, but jewelry ordering outside on the table. Be like, oh, don't worry, lunch is covered today. Like, all of those things, and those weren't guest spots. That was like normally working. And having things like that, and I, I got paid extremely well there. But I mean, working at some studios, if you had those pros yeah. and those things happen to keep your morale high, I would be totally fine with taking a little less money because my quality of life has increased tenfold because of those things.
2: Oh, of course. I've, uh, I and I, last time I was on your show, I, I raved about him again. Like, one of the best people I've ever worked for is Aaron Solomon, he's a solid dude. He pays his people what they're worth, like, and i, I would say it: most so, some of the places that I've been paid better at and treated better at were smaller companies that you know weren't crazy on social media and weren't like you know didn't have a five cases full of BVLA. but they did good stuff. You got paid well, and you know, like he was he was an amazing boss. Like I can't stop saying it. like good enough stuff about Aaron.
0: Right. And there's always going to be certain people in the industry that you've worked with in the past and feel kindly about. And we're not, I want to be very clear on this. We're not having a bitch session. We're not having a circle jerk here in any which way, shape or form. (laughs) Um, But obviously, you know, when you talk shop, you start talking about people and things like that. So um, I'm going to just go ahead and all these have been, Great thing said so far. I'm going to push us into another topic here, and that is the thing that I would like to express which is always knowing cool. your value. And I think that's something that a lot of people get undersold on when they go to try to look at new places, they typically don't have like a resume that they have written out that states like their job duties. And I'm not talking about being like master of custodial arts. I'm talking about like I did jewelry orders for a shop that made X amount of dollars last year. Or I was responsible for ordering or I did this. And doing those things and just making like commission on jewelry sales, like in my opinion, isn't right. Like you should be getting paid an hourly wage to be doing those things. Because otherwise, if you're an independent contractor and you're just working there, you should be just doing the one thing that you're contracted for. Now a lot of a lot of businesses themselves will say, "Well, that's the cost of working there. I'll find someone else that will work there." Like blah 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 blah. That's totally cool. Like that's fine. You can find somebody else. I won't be doing that.
2: Yeah, I'm a um, I'm a big advocate yeah. of that. I, I feel like, like you said, this isn't this isn't a blanket statement for everyone. But I feel like you know many shop owners that put people in those situations have that underlying feeling well you should just be lucky that you're working here you know you get to dress the way you want you get to do it the way you want and my view on that is at the end of the day this is still a job this is still how i pay my bills like i i can't call up my phone my phone company and tell them well i can't pay my my phone bill this month but you know what i got to wear my My shirt that said fuck on it yesterday.
0: I really, yeah, I really don't feel that the thing of (laughs) saying like, oh, well, I can dress and look how I want is a thing because theoretically, like he's not going to let you show up in an entire latex suit. Or he or she is not going to allow that. (laughs) And let's be real. Like, there is casual Fridays at other locations. You can get a job where you're a courier. You can wear whatever you want. You can work for Lyft. You can wear whatever you want. Like, that that now is starting to become a thing that isn't really an amazing thing. And a lot of shops are actually pushing towards having people wear, like, button-down shirts or, you know.
1: That's the corniest shit ever though dude i always think that's funny as fuck someone walks into a fucking tattoo shop they're wearing like fucking just like oversized men's warehouse (laughs) fucking suits i'm just like Get the fuck out of here, you corny-looking piece of shit! Like we all know, you work at a fucking tattoo shop,
0: right? So, Fancy Friday, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Like it, it to me, like it, it has pros and cons, and that's an entirely different episode, which I'll probably invite you back for a con because I know how you feel on that. But uh, so, the big thing that I'm just trying to state is all of these things that businesses are viewing as pros are actually starting to become accepted. When you really look at it, our industry actually has a lot of cons that is we work very unusual hours which are typically let's say a 12 to 9 or i don't i don't know 11 to 10 or 2 in the morning or any of those things that sucks those shifts are terrible like i it's you can't do anything before because you need to sleep in because you worked until 2 in the morning last night and then you can't go out after because like the bar is closed at 4 and what else are you going to do go drinking i can't play board games at 2 in the morning like you know those are those are things that I think businesses need to look at. And and any business that you work at is going to have pros and cons, but stop using things that are pros because they are industry standards, such as wearing what you want or having jewelry in your face or any of
1: I think the whole, the whole you should be lucky you're working here thing like Jake was talking about.
0: That is a toxic that's mentality. That's fucking
1: bullshit, dude. Like you're, I, I'm sorry. Like, like no one's shop is that cool. Like no one's shop is cool enough that you pay me eleven dollars an hour or some crazy shit like that. And you should be lucky to even be working here. No, fuck you, dude. Like like I I've been doing this for a long time and I've always worked at really nice studios. I'm worth significantly more than 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 the, the pleasure of getting to be your fucking slave. You know what I mean? Like that's not that's not what I'm here for. You know. And I, I just think that's that's once again, like you said, that's a toxic mentality. It's not not a good way to think. I, I've worked for owners that are like that. I've I've, I've that, you know not necessarily personally dealt with that quote directly. The that you should be lucky to even work here, but like some studios, you could just tell that's how they feel about their shop. And like I get that you like developed this like once tiny little fucking hole in the wall studio into like a really valuable asset that's paying for like your entire life as a studio owner but like stop
0: (laughs) (laughs) going back to like always know your value we have the toxic cool kid job so everyone's like, I want to do this. I want to do this. I do. I'm like, that's cool.
3: I feel like the old man telling people to be like, you don't want to do this.
0: Right. No, no, no. That's totally fine. Like people at parties ask me, they're like, hey, you were a funeral director. Tell me about it. I'm like, do you hate your life? Do you never want to go out again? Do you never want to see your family? Do you want to miss holidays? Sure. Funeral directing is right for you. You know, it's, it's one of those things. There, we definitely have an endless ranks situation where if they're like, well, you should be glad to work here be like, I don't want to work here, Uh then you you are free to go find somewhere else. They'll find someone to replace you. They'll operate just fine, but they're not going to have that valuable asset of you as an employee. And let's be real, like the industry has multiple individuals that are worth their weight in precious metals. Uh, And then we have other people who are unfortunately not going to amount to a massive amount. But they fill the roles, they get the dollars in the door, and that's fine for some people. And those are people that I don't think are so, necessarily the best people to work for.
1: But the, the they'll find someone else and be fine thing is not necessarily always true because there's diminishing returns with that. Like, sure, they'll be able to put some other meat in the seat, so to speak. But, like, the, the quality of, of, of industry professional you're going to get in that spot is going to gradually decrease the longer you adhere to that, like, you should be lucky to work here mentality. You're going to be like, because people people know, people find out, people talk. As much as we don't talk about how much we make, if it sucks to work somewhere, you find yeah. out pretty quickly. And then suddenly you realize, despite being like a, a quote-unquote nice shop or like you know one of those you know, super good cities you are about, they've been staffed by people who were just like last year started piercing or, or have, or, or people who should years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, like it's, it, it, that's that, that whole, like they'll find someone else thing is only valid to a certain point because eventually people do realize that working for them fucking sucks. If you give a shit about yourself, you know what I mean? And then they have this high turnover and one thing leads to another and they, they can't, they can't keep good people in their shop. To maintain that reputation i traveled to a wedding one time and uh
3: met up with a couple friends there like you know we split an airbnb and like one of them worked at a studio that i had worked at like after i was there and then he just recently left there and like it was like the survivors club me and him sitting there like driving everybody else insane because like all we were doing was talking about what it was like working at that studio and how like a lot of times going back to like you're lucky to be working here that specific location it was like a bad relationship it, it was very gaslighting working there too so like pretty much it was us just sitting there just being like we made it out high five you know
0: yeah you don't want to you don't want to break up with it you don't want to leave it but you want to leave it the the big thing too is a lot of things that certain shops have going for them is individuals that work in those shops that end up growing and prospering and being great individuals, workers Mm -hmm. that are good at piercing, good at talking to clients, good at managing themselves as a human being live in those areas. And then when they're like, you should be glad to work here. A lot of people are afraid to leave their bubble because they like it and love it so much. Like, don't get me wrong. I just moved to central Tennessee from upstate New York. I will always love upstate New York, but you know, you can go new places, find new things and be like, Oh, I can call this home, you know, but a lot of people are really afraid to just pack up their lives and move because you got to make new friends, you got to find new things, got to find your new favorite coffee shop, blah 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 blah, and that that terrifies a lot of people. So, unfortunately, another thing that's that happens to us is due to the amount of wages that individuals make, a lot of people don't have savings, which is a catastrophic thing to do. But you you should at any time, oh god, oh like old man von Doom here, you should always have three months of Living costs, you know, like real wages, the the amount of money that it costs to buy and operate your life, excluding fun things, tucked away that you should never touch. You should? Sure? Yeah, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. And, and let's be real. Like, I was never that smart of a guy to think about that thing. My wife was like, what the hell is going on here? Like, before, you know, like we started living together and I I do. She had to explain it to me and that's how I learned about it. But by having that, you have a three month buffer. Think about that. If you lost your job today, like what would you do?
1: I've been there. I, I, the first fucking time that the, the first job that I had, I fucking was out the fucking door, like overnight unexpectedly and had to fucking do that scary shit. You were talking about where it's like, Oh fuck. Now I have to like, Leave town, do this guest spot shit, do whatever, and and kind of like and figure the fuck out. And it it's scary, but once you start doing it, it's you you just realize how fucking important it is to get out there and get yourself out there and like explore other options so you can figure out how much you're worth and like what your what your value is. And like, I don't know,
0: get out your bubble,
1: yeah, exactly. To get out your bubble, get out of your comfort zone. It's it's a lot of times it's the only way to be happy and like and. And more importantly, it's like super empowering, you know, like you're, you're going to continue to think your value is what it is until you force yourself or you are forced into a position where you have to evaluate that, right? you know what I mean? And where you're, you're forced to figure it the fuck out. So I know that kind of went off from your, like, make sure you have three months. Of savings thing, yeah, but no, that's a, like, that
0: is a... Totally valid thing. And and feel free, anyone at any point, to jump in on these things. It's it's not me trying to ramble and try to shame people that are in spots, because you shouldn't feel bad if you're in a situation like we're describing, because you may have not known better. In our discussion with Adam Richens, we talked about this a lot, the asking yourself why and creating a plan is important. And anyone that listens to this episode, if they are in a situation where they feel morally beat down and are trying to figure out a way to change locations or move shops or create a plan to start moving forward, feel free to message or email me and I'll help you out. But the, the big thing is, is just, I'm trying to hammer down into these people that if you're in a situation that is, like I said, morally beating you down or financially putting you in a strap situation where you have to decide whether or not you want to buy food or you, you, need to pay your car insurance, you know, you should know your value and try to figure out a way to increase it, whether it be taking college classes, whether it be shadowing other people, whether it be changing locations, like all of these are things that you can do that can help you out as an individual to increase and succeed in this career.
1: Also, I want to throw out that just simply moving, moving, whether that means moving locations or like moving forward with your life sometimes that's not it. Like it comes down to like a little bit of luck, if you ask me and like a lot of fucking drive and like willing, the the willingness to make, I think I said yesterday uh, the willingness to make like fairly substantial temporary sacrifices to make the industry work for you on a long-term scale. You know what I mean? Like some, for some people, the problem isn't where they are. It's them. You know what I mean? Like, so, sometimes the individual just sucks. And that's just how it is. And they need to, like, change themselves more importantly than change where they're at. And that's know.
3: probably the hardest realization to come to is the fact that, like, it is, is the problem is you in in that respect. But, like, I definitely agree with you there on everything, Colin. I mean, like, I, I grew up in a generation where, like, you know, Pierce's were nomadic. It just happened. Yeah. I mean, and like, like, I don't... I haven't been to conference in a couple of years now, but like I'm pretty sure it still happens. where like, you know what I mean? New jobs are found and like the great migration happens again. where like, everybody
1: just moves around the country because like there's there's spots to fill. Yeah, that's real. Absolutely. Yeah. Once again, you can't expect the outside world to treat you with any sort of greater reverence until you feel that way on an individual basis.
0: And, 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 You did a great job by touching down on it. I I want to once again reiterate here that we are not shaming all businesses or shaming individual businesses or anything like that. But like one of the things too is the always know your value goes both ways. You know, if you think that you're the best individual that the piercing world has ever had and will ever know, that is a dangerous mentality to have. There's nothing wrong about saying to yourself, "Hey, I." am bad at this or, hey, I need to work on this, acknowledging the fact that you are not this golden god of like an individual is very helpful to your career. And I mean, I try to express this to people all the time. Like, for example, I don't do a massive amount of genital work because I haven't been exposed to it. And I'm not going to go on a guest spot and be like, rad, I finally get to try this out. Be like, hell no, you're paying me to do a job. I'm not going to use your clientele as a as a practice ground, you know? So it's, I try to travel and shadow people to watch more of that stuff, but it's just an example of knowing what your weaknesses are, trying to improve them and not blaming everyone else for problems that you may or may not have.
1: Yeah. That's, I mean, I know that we're, we're talking a lot about, you know, not getting paid, but I felt like it's important to say, you know, like a lot of times it's the, it's the person, it's not always the, the, the shop or the business owner or the situation that's the producing the problem at the core you know what i mean like not to like blame people for like oh well you're getting shit on have you tried working harder like that's bullshit that's that's also not necessarily valid but you know sometimes it's just like it really is a thing you see someone you know wondering why their life sucks and it's because it's like well it's because you kind of fucking suck right now like stop repeating the behaviors that are that are keeping you in a shitty position um if you want that to change you know change change you first and then if shit still sucks then figure it out but start by having some self-awareness for like five minutes and and then go from there
0: and this is very important from like an owner's standpoint like it's also a very dangerous game for them because you could have someone guest or work for you and totally just steamroll you with negative comments and spread it around like a virus. And let's be honest, our, our the piercing industry is very unique in the fact that like almost everyone is connected and one small thing will actually affect the entire community. And the the biggest thing is, is I've stressed this before, I'll stress it again, like Will Von Dad, like... Do your research, like talk to multiple people, talk to owners, talk to things like that to make sure that you have all of the information before you make a decision. Cause for example, you could say like, Oh, working for that person is terrible. All right. Uh, cause I made like, you know, $600 tips in two days. Like, I don't think that we're on the same page and it's totally fine to have your own opinion. Like everyone's got one, but just make sure that you do your research and not just take one quote as face value, such as like this conversation let's bring us down to the last two things that i want to talk about before we conclude this whole thing up as an industry what do you think would be the most helpful thing to help change this situation
3: i think a lot of
1: studios haven't adjusted their pricing in a long time if you're still charging like 15 bucks for an earlobe because 10 years ago everyone was for some reason trying to compete with massive corporations doing ear piercings then stop charge more get some help
3: yeah you're Absolutely. Right. You know, I mean, we can't we can't charge a $25 piercing service anymore. I mean, like we were doing that in 1997. You know, it's 2018. We and we haven't adjusted that at all or like, you know, like studios that only have like, you know, the keystone markup. It's like, what are you doing?
0: Right. And that's that goes back to that wage stagnation kind of comment. The thing about that is is that immediately Like as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, I'm going to get emails that just basically say, yeah, well, there's a shop down the street from me that does – I don't care. I'm so sorry. Like
3: I don't – Maybe try to distance yourself from that shop.
1: Maybe try to make yourself better than that shop. That's what it is. Don't compete with shitty shops. Let shitty shops be shitty shops. Charge your worth and fucking do that. You shouldn't Mm -hmm. fucking compete with anybody like you're concerned about other studios charging less isn't even a fucking valid reason like if you know that your shit's worth more than that charge what it's worth don't charge it with shitty shop down the road in mind that's fucking dumb
2: no you're just gonna run yourself into the ground doing that and like i've seen other people make comments about it but i've experienced it firsthand where like you know i own drift and i have to look at all the numbers and at some point pay myself and I have Sabrina on staff now, and I have to pay her, and I've had guests come out. Uh, It's not their problem. Like, it's not your employee's problem that there's another shop in town that is trying to undercut you. I got a shop in town that carries high-quality jewelry but has a $15 piercing fee. But I recently raised my prices so that I can give Sabrina a good wage and that I can come home with a good wage after all the shop uh, bills are paid. Just adjust your pricing to suit. We're we're in a luxury business. No one needs a piercing, you know. Absolutely if, true. If, if someone's coming to you, if they searched you out on the internet, read your you know read your comments, you know looked at all your pictures, they're coming to you because they trust you, and they're more than willing to pay that price. And I, I'm talking for I'm in the middle of the swamp. If you if people don't know where drift is look in the dead center of Florida and just look in some swampy area and I'm guarantee
0: you'll find you. Fun fact, it's surrounded by alligators at all times. There's a <laughs> Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not in like, I, I'm not in a crazy place where people just have disposable income, but people are more than willing to pay what they feel a good service is worth. And I totally like, People come in like, oh, well, this place does it this way. So I'm like, well, then you're more than welcome to go there. This is why I charge this much. I'm just saying don't you don't need to undercut yourself. You know, don't cut yourself off of the knees to try to compete with them because you're going to lose you're going to lose employees that way.
0: The big thing about that, too, is you can tell a client, and please, for the love of God, do this. You can tell a client, be like, oh, this is how much we charge. And they, they respond, well, X store charges X amount. And you're like, oh, uh, unfortunately, this is what I charge. I carry all these things. If If you'd want to, you're more than welcome to go search someone else out. But if you do change your mind, I'll always be here. Done. Don't shame that client on the internet. Don't be like, well, this this guy did this kind of thing. Just oh, yeah. can we just uh, people don't know. Have some class. That's yeah, I'm I'm gonna start <laughs> I'm gonna say it. it this conversation <laughs> has taken a little bit. obviously I'm hot about it, but like <laughs> which is rare for this. But but please have some <laughs> class. Like don't shame people on the internet. Like don't be a bully. Like don't don't do that. Please don't do that.
1: People don't know. People like it's uh, clients don't know you forget it's it's easy to forget if you've done this for years especially that like a lot of times people only end up in a studio like one to five times in their life. So they don't fucking know that what they're saying is wrong or ill-informed or whatever like just say like, don't be a dick you know either either way that's kind of on a tangent but
0: i'm just gonna make shirts that say that like you've only been in a studio one to five times don't be a dick you know (laughs) it's 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 awful it it really is and i i the internet is forever and i think unfortunately a lot of people don't realize that so that timeline is going to pop up and be like wow i was a dick a year ago
3: no i was gonna say it's funny like you know like i actually, actually on this subject with with all that like i don't know like if like my feed is just like everybody's older or whatnot but there's like a lot of all that happening like you see screenshots coming from like this person or that person but having a bunch of friends in like south america who are piercers it's funny seeing how like you know the evolution is like oh like oh yeah that was 10 years ago where like they're posting screenshots of like you know like questions and like conversations and all this stuff or like all caps yelling like if you come into my studio expect this yeah and it's like oh
0: yeah exactly
3: honey no 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 (laughs) no don't do that
2: but but back but back to that point is like i said it it shouldn't be your employees it shouldn't be at your employees expense that you need to price match yeah 100 percent agree yeah i i've seen i've seen that in, in many studios that to price match everyone in town they don't they just don't They don't pay a a good wage, and and sadly enough, some of the places that do that, and like I I really hate harping on it because I don't want this episode to sound like we're just bitching and moaning and groaning. But this is what's happening. This is actually happening out there. Is most of these studios that don't pay a ton, but either are very well run, have a bunch of locations, and you know stock this crazy amount of jewelry they're in the most expensive cities to live in so it's like are, are you telling me these piercers are just going home and paying you know paying their rent and then like scraping pennies up for a conference every year like that's i don't want to live like that
3: but that's but that's pretty much what it is i mean like you know like, i mean like you take somebody who lives in like somewhere like let's say new york you know they're probably renting out like a closet as a bedroom and they have like five other roommates. Yeah, and get like you know super famous studios that like will coin terms and all kinds of stuff.
1: yeah it's uh <laughs> fucking oscar <laughs> i'll see myself out <laughs> uh, i just want to say what once again I'm, I'm pretty lucky being for a lot of reasons with where i work and especially being in seattle it's it's almost challenging to find a shitty studio. Like you have to like go outside of the city almost to get to somewhere that that's going to be like a discount ass fucking TJ Maxx fucking piercing studio. But, um, I like that, but like, I, I also, I get paid by the piercing. I think a a lot of, a lot of the industry does. And so part of that, I guess the, the flip side of pricing competitively, so to speak is people are worried about raising their prices because they want to keep people coming in the door. You know what I mean? Like if the shop's not making money, you're not making any money. And people worry that a 5 to $10 increase of their piercing fee, while it's minimal, they worry that no one's going to come in the door if they do that. And we've we've raised our prices. I I'm just going to say it. And it's been fine. We've seen, actually, we're having the busiest month ever right now. It's just it's that it doesn't actually happen most of the time, but I could see where that um, people would be hesitant to raise their prices. I guess if everyone else agrees with that.
2: Oh no, I I totally agree with that. And like I said, like I, I I'm not in a in a super high volume area, and like my clientele doesn't have a ton of disposable income. But I I saw an increase when I raised my prices. I I kind of weeded out like the people who were price shoppers like right off the bat. Yes. And, and the people who come to me usually expect my pricing, and it's it's not it has not been a big deal for me at all. And that's this is coming from an area that every shop around me is doing ten to twenty dollar piercings. Right. Like it's no skin off my back to let them keep doing whatever they want to do. And I'll just do whatever I want to do. But at least at the end of the day, I know that if someone works for me and even myself can go home with something that can more than enough pay for like my living expenses and my my daily wants and needs and like even some fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I I think and like I said before, this is a bunch of individuals explaining because I don't want this to come off as just like. The complaining episode, or like you know, the circle jerk episode. I I think it's I think it's important that we're just yeah I, I really should just put it in the notes. It's very important, and there's there are a lot of shops that take care of their employees. There are a lot of shops that take care of financially, emotionally, all those types of things. There there are a lot of them out there. Just naming off the the top of my head, like you know, like Bella Amory. Dorje, Drift, you know, I can, uh, Laughing Buddha, I can go on and on and on. But I, I think our industry is seeing there's a wide gap, and you're either in a situation like I just expressed where you're emotionally and financially stable and happy, yeah. or you're on this, like, on the other side of town where you are scraping by, have multiple roommates, although having multiple roommates is not a negative thing, having multiple roommates, like barely making things meet. And I think what the industry needs to do is I need, I believe the, the latter needs to start moving closer to the former and taking care of their employees and taking care of them emotionally and, and financially. And I'm not saying to to run a daycare, but let's be real here. Like happy workers Are more successful and make better business that's just a a normal business thought Uh,
3: a good friend of mine once said like possibly like the the most eye-opening thing ever you know he might have gotten it from somebody else who knows but like you know he manages a really successful studio but he once said if you take care of your employees You take care of your customers. It's not the other way around.
0: That's a great thing to say. I I feel comfortable actually exiting this episode on that note because I I really think that is the main point that we're we're trying to stem. I'll I'll give everyone one final thought after this, but my final thoughts honestly are taking care of your employees, both financially and emotionally, is a long-term investment for your business. If you have individuals that stay there, they will work harder, they will work happier, and you'll see a return essentially in your investment of an individual. So, for studio owners that are listening, I think it's just maybe take this episode, be angry at me, be angry at us. After you do so, do some self reflection and see if you can ask yourself Are my employees genuinely happy? Do I feel like they have a comfortable lifestyle? And I'm not saying you have to pay people to have an immense board game wall like me or dress like Colin or drive fancy cars or any of those things. I I think it's really important. Make it so that your employees are not sweating their bills and possibly living like normal humans, but also enabling that to happen for you. And then for individuals in these situations, maybe you should ask yourself, is it me or is it where I work? And then also asking yourselves, should I start possibly looking for locations that would help me out? And I think those are important things to think about. And there's lots of things we didn't touch down on. We didn't touch down on leaving a business to start your own, which Jake will be talking about that another time in the near future. We're not talking about staying at a studio that is just opening up, maybe taking a little bit less, but to grow within the studio. We're not talking about things like this. So there are lots of things that we didn't touch base on. There are lots of things that we didn't talk about. So please don't think this is the end all be all. But like I stated before, I think it's just really important to do some self-reflection, look at yourself look at where you are, look at what you're doing and figure out if that's actually a good spot to be and move forward from there. So those are my two cents. So we'll go around the table one more time, give everyone a chance to kind of talk uh, about the last thing that they want to talk about. And then, um, we'll do some outros.
2: Well, once again, I'm Jake, I own drift. And if you have any questions for anything I said, or if you have just hate me now and you just think I've been bitching the whole time, please message me. I, I, I would love to hear from you, I promise. But my, my biggest thing is just invest in your employees. Like, you know, if you're going to invest the time, effort and money into your studios, if you're going to make the most beautiful studio, if you're going to stock the most beautiful jewelry, if you're going to stock the, you know, the most jewelry, take equal time and money to invest into your employees make sure that they're happy make sure that they're paid well make sure that they love coming into work every day and that you know money's something they don't have to worry about because the less they have to worry about is yeah. the more time they can put into your clientele that's making you money remember that you know without them like do you want to do everything because for a while that's what i was doing and i i hate it that you know no one wants to do everything do you do you want to run the business pearson you know, do all of it, go because if you if you don't invest in your employees, then that's what's gonna happen. You know, you you need these people just as much as they need you. And I think anyone that it puts their hardest into a job should make you know what they're
0: worth. Right. Many hands make light work, to say the very least.
1: Yeah. Once again, I'm super comfortable where I'm at. I'm really stoked to be at Laughing Buddha. I'm really stoked to be working for Christy, she's the fucking best. And I kind of stand by what I said earlier with it being getting to a point where you're comfortable is like a little luck and a lot of drive. And I think it's just really important just to emphasize that like, don't just like settle for being unhappy or, or your life being shitty. Like we're all dying. You know what I mean? Like every minute of every day, you know? And so take scary chances if your shit sucks. Like, do what you got to do to be happy and just, like, keep keep making adjustments, keep moving forward until you're comfortable and happy, whatever that means for you. And as far as making this industry work, it takes a little bit more, I think, than other paths. But if you want to be, like, be all you can be as far as being happy and feeling fulfilled as... Uh, industry professional just like just keep working on it and keep keep figuring like trying to figure shit out i guess just keep making adjustments
0: yeah just kind of moving forward not moving backwards not saying stagnant i think is always just a a very positive life goal to kind of work with
3: (laughs) uh i think colin read over my shoulder but no i agree with like you know everything colin said everything that jake just said you know but uh once again like you know you kind of especially if you're a young piercer you kind of set yourself some goals of where you want to be and like this you know uh can i be will von dad for a second you know figure out where you want to be in five years figure out where you want to be in 10 years and like work towards those goals but like ultimately yeah you know put some money away and try to put yourself in a financially better situation no matter what you do at all times because that's just pretty that's just having a job and having a career it needs to move forward it needs to move upwards you know uh, get you know getting getting paid you know a commission of 20 to 25 dollars a piercing for the past 20 years let me tell you um when you look at it that way things kind of suck
0: it's it's a rough spot to be yeah and i think the the main reason why i'm doing this is to cuz i feel a conversation such as this will help the industry a lot of the industry is growing older a lot of the individuals that are bigger names are bigger inspirations to a lot of people may stop or may start leaving the industry because they may want to start a family or they may want to do other things. And the industry is making it more difficult to make this a lifetime career instead of a partial.
3: I was going to say another thing that like, you know, has has always been at the back of my mind for like the past, you know, five years or so. It was like, I was partnered in a, in a business with some friends and all that stuff. Then like, you know, I stepped back from it, you know what I mean? And I went to go work for other people. I wanted to see other studios. I wanted to check out how things how things work you know outside of my little my little bubble of body piercing where I was working by myself in my own studio and just had like some friends I would visit here and there or you know or the conference, but like at the age that I'm at like most people who are in my position own studios or have walked away
0: and that's that's a thing we're seeing a lot of,
3: yeah, and I feel kind of behind you know what I mean if I really start to like look you know look at you know where I'm at you know it's kind of like I'm kind of behind for the fact that like I don't own a studio. Right. I don't have that body piercer retirement.
0: And there are classes at conference and the such that actually talk about financial planning that happened last year that I think are very valuable because like I said, like Will Von Dad attitude, like you you really have to start thinking of those things. And the younger and earlier you start thinking about it, the better the benefit to you is when you get older.
3: And you gotta take it seriously when somebody tells you to do that. You gotta take it.
0: And I've said this before. My wife said it. The most terrifying statement that she has ever told me is, "What are you going to do when your hands and your eyes stop working? Because that's coming. All these kids are not Superman. I don't care how many times you know you do like wrist and finger exercises. Like there's going to come a time where you may not be able to do this, and you need to have a backup plan." All right. So ending on that negative note, but overall a positive for the industry here. Um, I'm going to give everyone a, a chance to uh, just go ahead and uh, plug anything that they got coming on, including uh, their social media and things of that nature. Uh, so Colin, king of it, why don't you go ahead and All right. let us know what you got going on and where people can find uh,
1: you. Once again, my name is Colin, Colin O. Uh, on Instagram, it is at Colin, C-O-L-I-N underscore and the letter O. Uh, I work at Laughing Buddha in Seattle, Washington, and, um, that's all I got. My life's pretty simple.
0: That's not a bad thing. What about you, Jake? Where can people find Drift?
2: Uh, Drift is located in Usos, Florida. Um, you can follow me on my social media. You can follow my personal account at Jake Hardman on Instagram or at Drift Piercing Studios. Um, to keep updated on what it is I do or if you just want to check out really cool pictures of like my dogs and swamps and stuff like that
0: I will say this like following Jake's personal instagram is one of my favorite things because he's just like out in the middle of like gator infested waters with his dog just being like hey how's it going like swamp king title like you really should give him a follow And then uh, last but not least, Oscar, where can uh, people find you? You Got anything coming up?
3: Piercing by Oscar at Gmail or at piercing by Oscar on Instagram. Um, I'm on on heavy uh, rotation at Chicago Tattooing Company and Native Rituals. uh, But, like, I'm also still guesting. So I'm going to be in San Diego next month. March I'll be in Atlanta. And then, uh, yeah, that's about it. I'm in a crappy band. Nobody needs to hear that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna put your banner in the show notes. Now you got to deal with that. All of all of the information uh, that you just heard will be found in this week's show notes, um, as well as our uh, rad sponsors for this week's episode. I just wanted to say once more, thank you all of you guys for actually sitting down and talking to me uh, about this topic because it is a heavier topic and it sometimes has a stigma attached to it so i really appreciate you guys coming out of your comfort zone to talk to us but also to all of our listeners to take this information and use it as a positive and a stepping stone to possibly move forward uh so with that being said we'll see you on next week's episode and uh aside from that everybody have a great day let's end on a positive I know this topic is heavy and may make some of you upset and others frustrated. Nevertheless, I believe the value in this conversation comes from using this episode as a springboard to talk to those other folks in the industry, but also possibly employers. Once again, I wanted to stress that this episode expresses the viewpoints of one side of the conversation. I believe you are on the other side and would like to possibly discuss this on a future episode of the podcast. Please reach out to me. Thank you so much to my three guests this week. I've included links for everyone's social media in this week's show notes, including Oscar's band, even though he will probably yell at me for it. Please take some time to follow these guests, or better yet, visit them at their places of employment. In other news, I want to thank all of you wonderful folks for the reviews on iTunes and the Google Play Store, as well as listening in every two weeks. We just crested over 10,000 listens, and I can't express how amazing that makes me feel since we started almost a year ago. I also wanted to thank all of my Patreon subscribers for your support. I would like to thank our ongoing sponsors of the podcast. Other Couture Jewelry's owner, Mike Knight, has been burning the candle at both ends to bring us his catalog this month. I've seen this, and it is some amazing pieces that you can find at your local studio in the very near future. If you are in a professional studio and would like to get a copy of this catalog please visit our sponsors page for a link on how to contact other couture jewelry. Sponsor Goldheart Woodworks has been busier than ever with their new website, bodyjewelrydisplays.com. This site allows you to peruse the entire Goldheart Woodworks catalog. It will show you what your case could look like with an upgrade from these fine folks. But not only have they been up to that, they are already getting ready for conference this year. Derek and Lars have been busy making one-of-a-kind pieces to show and purchase at conference. If you plan on visiting the expo floor this year, I would beeline straight to their booth so you don't miss out on these pieces. Our final sponsor for this week's episode is from our California family. Adam and Shelby Richens have been crushing it in their city of Santa Cruz at the beautiful Amory Body Arts. This is the only studio I trust in Santa Cruz to send clients and listeners to. For all of your piercing and jewelry needs, make sure to visit our friends at Amory. You can find more information about these companies under the Sponsors tab on our website, realtalkapiercingpodcast.com. To ask questions, suggest topics, or get more info about your host or today's guest, please visit us at realtalkpiercingpodcast.com. If you have a moment and enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast platform. The views and opinions expressed by the host and guest are their own, and do not represent the official position of the Association of Professional Piercers or their places of employment. Music by Broke for Free.